You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 101. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey everyone, this is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast, here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away. Today we've got a great topic and it's actually been pushed ahead of some other subjects that I was planning on doing because I did recently do a lecture or a talk, I should say, with my son's high school cross-country team. I talked about how to fuel the teenage athlete and lots of parents showed up and all the kids were there and there were some fantastic questions and I went over all the things that an athlete needs to know about how to fuel for their performance. And so some parents couldn't make it and some clients from all over the country said, I would love to know that information. So I told everybody I would definitely put it in a podcast episode that will launch right away. So this one kind of crept in there before some of the other ones. And then I have a few more coming after this that are also going to relate to the topic of how to help your teenager with nutrition, also hydration for the athlete. So we've got a great few segments coming up over the next few weeks. And even though it's summertime and I only do one podcast episode every other week, I think that might be changing as of now because I actually have so many important episodes that I really want to launch right away. So let's get started with our Eagle's Eye on Health. And for anyone who's a new listener, I always do a very quick segment at the beginning of my podcast called Eagle's Eye on Health. And it's basically just a a news tip or something new or an advice bit about health, fitness, and nutrition. Just a little something in the beginning of the podcast episode. And because we're definitely talking to a lot of parents today about how to fuel that teenage athlete and just how to fuel an athlete in general, I thought this little Eagle's Eye on Health was particularly a good choice. So this is what the headline says. Most box tops food products do not meet school nutrition standards. So if you're a parent, you know those box tops that you're supposed to cut off and you're supposed to hand them into your school or a lot of times it's with the the younger students the elementary schools maybe you used to do it or you I totally remember it Um, I don't think we've ever done it but I always remembered seeing it so I thought this was a really interesting little tip that I just read it says that an analysis of products included in the popular school-based marketing program finds that less than one-third of participating foods in this box top program and beverages actually meet federal smart snacks in school standards. So there are some of these standards that the schools have for their own cafeteria food. And apparently these box top foods that yet your school is encouraging you to buy do not meet the standards. Food marketing targeted at children is actually a billion dollar industry, of course, often promoting foods and beverages that are very calorie dense and very low in nutrients. Schools are a significant source of food for our children, providing up to two meals a day and access to snacks from their cafeteria, vending machines, school stores, and often at fundraising events. 
Because of this, the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act of 2010 provided very specific guidelines for your schools involved in the National School Lunch Program to stop the sale or advertising of foods and beverages that don't meet this federal smart snacks standards. However, school-based brand marketing programs that encourage students and families to purchase specific products, these box top products, in exchange for rewards were not covered by this ruling. When researchers at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health Department of Nutrition and Mass General Hospital for Children assessed about a thousand participating foods and beverages, they found out that less than one third of these box top products met the Smart Snacks nutrition standards. So although the products did generally meet the, the guidelines for calories and sugar, trans fat, many of these foods were super high in sodium and generally lacked healthful ingredients. So something interesting that maybe you never thought of. I thought that was really interesting that we live in a time where I'm happy to see that schools are making changes in the cafeterias. And yet when it comes to getting money for these schools and doing these marketing programs, they probably don't realize, but they're sending you to go buy these things that are actually probably not the healthiest for your children. So something to keep in mind the next time you might be involved in a marketing thing like that for your school and your child. All right, today's main topic is how to fuel an athlete. And I say an athlete and not just a teen athlete because at this point, a teenager being fueled for their sport is basically the same as an adult. There's not a lot different that a teenager is gonna do that I wouldn't have my adult client do for their sport as well. However, I'm definitely gearing this talk today towards a lot of parents who asked me to do this podcast. And I highly encourage you to invite your teenager, if if that's what you have, to listen to the podcast as well. Because as a parent, I particularly know that your child might not listen to you, but hopefully they'll listen to somebody else, right? And so maybe one thing that I say today will resonate with them. And if you're just an adult athlete on your own, then I hope that several things resonate with you today as well. Okay, in speaking about fueling yourself, as an athlete, I'm, I'm assuming you have some type of sport. You might be a runner, a triathlete, a biker, a swimmer, a volleyball player, a soccer player. Um, You might even do band in high school, which man, those kids are out there all day long right now. I see them out there all day long and it's like 100 degrees with humidity. So they also have to understand that they need a special nutrition and hydration as well. So all of these things need to be fueled properly. And there's a few things that we have to keep in mind if we wanna fuel somebody in the most healthy way possible so that they get the best performance possible, then we wanna use the most real food products that we can put into their body, basically. We wanna avoid all the chemicals. We wanna avoid a lot of processed foods as well. And yet we need to get in a certain amount of carbohydrates and protein, and then a certain amount of fat but that just depends when we're gonna be working out as well. So we're gonna get to all of that. I'm gonna start off with things that you want to avoid. And the reason why is because a lot of athletes out there, teenagers and adults are grabbing these sport drinks and they have a lot of chemicals in them. So the first thing I'm gonna give you is what to look at in your sport drink 
in your food in general, in any gels you might use, those cliff blocks, anything like that, anytime you're gonna ingest something, especially as an athlete, I want you to check the label. If the label says artificial, it's out. I don't want anything artificial going into you or your child. So it will actually say on the label, artificial sweetener, artificial color, artificial flavor. If the word artificial is in there, it means it's a chemical, it's no good, let's not choose that one. There's too many other options out there that we don't have to choose those anymore. If it has an artificial sweetener in it, it might not say artificial, it'll actually say the sweetener's name. So you'd, you want to avoid anything that says aspartame, sucralose, saccharin, all of those are artificial sweeteners. We do not want that in our food as well, unless you are diabetic and that was prescribed to you by your doctor. You always wanna follow your doctor's orders. So if anything today is something I say that goes against what your doctor said for you and your personal needs, always go with what the doctor said. But in general, we wanna avoid these artificial sweeteners, aspartame, sucralose, saccharin, because they're artificial. It's a chemical. Our body doesn't even know what to do with things like that. So it's just not a benefit to making us a healthier, stronger body. Now, this is a tricky one. Anything that says sugar-free is a big no-no. Again, unless you're diabetic. If you are not a diabetic, I do not want you picking up foods or drinks that say sugar-free. And a lot of you right now are like, oh my gosh, I always grab the sugar-free one. I, I assumed that meant it was healthier. It doesn't, doesn't have sugar in it. But let's face it, if it doesn't have sugar in it, well, what is in it to make it taste good? Because if it doesn't have something in it to make it taste good, I can assure you, you are not going to drink more than one sip of it. It's gonna taste great because it has artificial sweetener in it. So anything that says sugar-free, I don't think I've ever come across a product yet. If it said sugar-free, it absolutely had an artificial sweetener in it. So be very careful about anything that says sugar-free. I also want you to avoid dye in drinks, dye in food. How do you know if it has dye in it? Well, for one, it might say artificial color, but the next thing you wanna look for is a color and a number in the label of the ingredients. If it says for, I'm just gonna make up numbers right now, but if it says red number four or yellow number three, or green number 20, whatever it is, if it's a color and a number, it's actually dye. We don't need dye in our food. We, we, are, we live in a time when they can make things any color they want from real food. So for example, if they wanna make it red or pink, they can use beets. They don't have to use a chemical. It's cheaper to use a chemical, but cheaper is not what I'm going for. I wanna put the best things in my body and my child's body as possible. So if it has a number and a color, it's out. Let's avoid the dye. Now, what things um, do we wanna eat before we work out? What things do we wanna eat after we work out? And should we be eating breakfast? These are all such important things for an athlete of any age at all. So just first off, I wanna make sure that everybody is having three meals a day breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then depending on your size, like if you're a tiny little teenage girl versus a much larger adult man, you may have two to three snacks with those three meals. You might have two to five snacks. It really just depends on how big you are, your calorie needs, and how hungry you are. 
Because I'm a real big believer that if you're hungry, that is your body way of telling you it needs food. The only problem can be that sometimes emotionally we think we're hungry or we get a little stressed and we want to use food to sort of soothe ourselves. But that's not always because you're hungry. And that's a whole different topic in itself, right? So I want to make sure that you've got those three meals, two to five snacks a day. Again, that really is very dependent on how big you are and your caloric needs. Let's start with breakfast because breakfast is absolutely essential. If you have read anything that says you should work out on an empty stomach, you should fast before you work out because then you're going to be utilizing your fat for your energy. And that's, you know, oh, then you're going to burn more fat and blah, blah, blah. It is not true. And it is not true for an athlete. If you want to go out and have a really bad workout, and feel terrible, and have heavy legs, and be exhausted, and not be able to hit your paces potentially, depending on your sport, then don't eat breakfast. But that is not going to benefit you at all. They call it breakfast because you've already fasted all night long. Say you went to bed at 10 o'clock at night, and you woke up at 7 in the morning. Well, that's nine hours of fasting right there. And that's why they call it breakfast. It says break fast breakfast, break fast. You've already fasted all night. Now it's time to give your body some fuel before you work out. And the majority of you do work out in the morning, but I know that's not for everyone. If you work out later in the day, then I, I still need you to eat breakfast, but it's, it's less of an issue because I know you've probably already taken in some calories at that point. So what does that mean? means you need to eat something. Shouldn't be a lot. I'm not telling you to eat like a ton of food right before a run, but you do have to eat something. And if you are an athlete who potentially plays morning soccer games or has morning track meets, things like that, you wanna start practicing what you're gonna eat those mornings now. So I want your stomach super ready for that pre-breakfast that you eat before every race day or every game day. Start eating breakfast that's gonna match that at least a few times a week so you can see if it works for you because not everything works for everybody. I'm gonna recommend a few different breakfast options but some might feel better in your stomach to you than another person, okay? So start practicing now for this breakfast. In general, we wanna focus on higher carbohydrates a little bit of protein, but very little fat before a workout. We don't want your stomach working double overtime while you're exercising. So you don't wanna have greasy bacon, like right before a run. That's probably not gonna be a good idea. Um, you don't wanna have greasy eggs even, nothing with too much oil, nothing heavy. Greasy potatoes, that's probably not that, you know, potatoes are fine, but if you find they're really greasy, might be a little too much fat before a workout. So things that I like to have before I do a run or a training or a race, I generally have two whole grain waffles and two eggs or two egg whites. Uh, before a race, I usually go to the egg whites and I'll skip the yolks. I'll get the egg white without the full yolk just because I'm going a little lighter on the fat. If it's just a, a training run, I would eat two full eggs, no problem. Sometimes I'll have a serving of oatmeal with my two eggs or egg whites. You could even do whole grain toast with a little bit of peanut butter. So for those of you right now who are like, I can't, I can't eat anything before I work out. I get so sick. For one, you have to start practicing it. 
So that's what you're gonna start small. And so for those people, a little bit of whole grain toast with a little bit of peanut butter is not a lot of food. So let's start with that. And then if we could move you up to a whole grain waffle maybe, <laughs> that would be great as well. But you gotta start somewhere. And you again, you have to practice it to see what's gonna work for you. You could even do a whole grain bagel. Some of the teenagers in class asked me if they could do a whole grain bagel with some honey on it. Absolutely, that's totally fine. Practice it now, give it a shot. If it doesn't feel good, try something else. And the most important thing is please make sure you have 45 minutes to an hour to digest before you start that training, that game, or that race. You cannot eat right before the finish line, all right? Or the start line, I should say. You can't eat right before you're gonna take off or right before you're gonna even take off for a long run or that soccer game, whatever it might be. I need a little bit of time for you to digest the food or yeah, you're gonna be sick. It's not gonna feel so good in your stomach. The only sport I think I can eat a lot and have no problem is when I bike because I'm not jumping up and down, right? I don't have that jostling of running that is just you know torture on the intestine. So biking, I can pretty much eat anything and I'm on, you know, on the bike for several hours sometimes and that's totally fine. But almost every other sport, 45 minutes to an hour, yes. That means you have to get up extra early, and I know it sucks. I'm sorry for all you runners out there, especially in Texas. You guys have to start so early in the morning because it's so hot. But yes, you have to get up early. So I used to do a track class, and it was at 5.45 in the morning. I had to get up at like 4.30 because I needed to make sure I had enough time to digest before I went into a heavy track session. That is worth it to me any day that I'm gonna be fueled properly so I can have a great training. I can burn the necessary calories during the training because I feel great and I have that energy. So it's worth it to me. I go to bed early on those nights that I have to get up early. So just think about how you're gonna make it work, what you're gonna start practicing and really get your stomach used to it. Because here's the thing, you're all willing to train for your sport so hard, all of you do. I see all of the athletes, whether they're teens or adults, you don't miss a training, you get everything done, you listen to that training coach, but your nutrition, you have to train for that too. And it seems weird, well, how, why would I have to train for my nutrition like I eat every day? Well, if you don't eat breakfast, now you gotta get used to eating breakfast for that workout. If you do eat breakfast, are you eating the right things? Let's really narrow it down. Let's really figure out what's gonna benefit you most for your sport, okay? Now, if you drink coffee, there were not a lot of teenagers who drank coffee. There were maybe three in a group of like 70, but my son would be one of those people. He drinks black coffee every morning. One cup a day for a teenager is not gonna kill them. If that's something that brings them joy, like it brings my son joy, um, it's fine. But if you wanna get that athletic benefit from caffeine, I will say that the research has pointed out, and I, I think I talked about it in, um, in a Eagle's Eye on Health, research has pointed out that you need to take off at least a week of drinking coffee before your race or your event. If you wanna get that athletic benefit from the caffeine the morning of your race um, or your game, whatever it is, if you're a coffee drinker, try taking off the whole week before your race coffee so that when you have it that morning, you can really get that caffeine benefit that a lot of athletes love. Okay, what's next? So you just had breakfast, that's all good. You know you're gonna eat that about 45 minutes to an hour before so. Um, 
Now, what happens when you're done with your workout? So even for the teenagers, and, and they're usually at school when they finish their workout, or for any of my adults, you've got about 45 minutes to get the protein in your body to help yourself recover as quickly as possible. You need 20 grams of protein within 45 minutes. That's what they generally say to really help muscle recovery. And this is important because a lot of you train every single day. And the better and faster we can get you to recover, the better you'll feel in your training the next day. So for my son's cross country team, they train six days a week. They run six days a week. It's a lot on the body. So your post-workout fuel is absolutely fundamental to the rest of your workouts in the week. We gotta get that. We gotta get the calories back in you. We gotta get some fuel back in you, some carbs in you, but also 20 grams of protein in you to help those muscles. I don't usually focus and tell you, well, you've gotta have a three to one ratio of carbs to protein. That's what they say, but that's when people start to go, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what to do. Honestly, generally, if you're gonna get 20 grams of protein, whatever you're gonna be getting that with, it usually, it usually has carbs with it. So I don't focus on the carbs too much. Some great ideas for post-workout fuel. Greek yogurt has 22 to 24 grams of protein in one cup. You could have Greek yogurt with a banana in it. Would be a fantastic post-recovery. Um, you could have the Eagle or what I call the Eagle Shake or Kim's Shake, Kim's Protein Shake. It's a real food protein shake. If you want the recipe for that, it's on my website or in thatbody.com. That'll be all real food, has 20 grams or more of protein in it. Chocolate milk is a big one for the teenagers at school because it's something that's there and easy to grab. Um, the milk has about eight grams of protein in it, uh, in a low fat chocolate milk. It's not a bad option. It's not 20 grams of protein. My issue is that the chocolate milk usually has a lot of sugar and often it has artificial sugar and sweeteners in it too. So again, you'd want to check the label. Is this an organic chocolate milk or is this what we would say Hazarai chocolate milk? Uh, I think that's my Yiddish term for it. So you definitely want to check that. You'd basically just be better off having plain milk. So yes, the chocolate milk's a lot more delicious, but it is gonna have a lot of sugar. If it's your only option, it's still better than nothing. Cottage cheese happens to have 28 grams of protein in it. So maybe you can send your teenager uh, to school with a little ice chest and put in some cottage cheese. It tends to have high sodium. Not generally gonna be an issue for my athletes who are sweating a lot right now. If you have high blood pressure or for my adults, if you um, are watching your sodium intake, you just have to be careful because cottage cheese is loaded in sodium. An egg with the yolk has six grams of protein. So basically if you had three full eggs and some whole grain toast after a workout, that'd be a pretty good recovery meal. And then there's always protein powder. Everybody's always asking me, what protein powder do you use? What do you recommend? I have several podcast episodes on how I feel about protein powder. We just had one a few episodes ago. Uh, definitely check earnthatbody.com. Go to the podcast tab, scroll down. You'll find my latest podcast on protein. I apologize. I don't have the number offhand, but... I'm not a protein powder person and I certainly am not gonna let my child, my teenager have protein powder because protein powder is a supplement and supplements are not regulated by the FDA. I'm not gonna go into that any further. I believe we can get the protein we need through all the whole food options I just discussed. I would much rather do that for my child but even for myself as an athlete, I no longer take protein powder for that reason because as I said, I only wanna put the 
the healthiest options in my body as possible. That would mean no chemicals, no heavy metals, all the things that we just don't know are that could be in your protein powder. All right. Now, what about a then you're going to have lunch. I should say that you're going to eat lunch. I want it to be a normal lunch. I want it to be healthy. I'm a big turkey sandwich person, you know, whole grain bread, spinach, cheese, turkey, um, avocados. That way it has some fat in it. It has my protein. It has my carbs. The turkey sandwich is a great way to go, especially the teenagers. You can pack that in their lunch if you make them a lunch or have them make their own lunch. Um, adults just eat a normal lunch. Everybody eat a normal lunch with real food. Let's not go through the drive through Make it yourself. Lunch is something you can bring to school. You can bring to work. You can bring your lunch anywhere. And if your work is having a special catered lunch that day and you know it's going to be the worst food possible for your health, which why is it always? Why do they always bring in the most unhealthy thing? It is okay to bring your own lunch. I believe if you had any kind of dietary need and you brought your own lunch in, no one would say anything to you, right? So if you're trying to watch your waistline or just because you're an athlete and you might have a workout later and you want to eat the right food, bring your own lunch. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't let anyone make you feel bad for that. Then we've got dinner. Let's talk about it as a pre-race dinner because dinner, again, it should be real food. Every night you should have a vegetable. Every night I'd like to see a home-cooked meal, whether you make it for yourself or your parents make it for you. But a pre-race dinner is really important because you wanna start practicing your pre-race dinner just like you now have your pre-race breakfast. You want to know, well, what works and what does not work in my body before I have this enormous soccer game the next day? Because if you eat some greasy cheeseburger fries and a shake the night before and then you've got an early game and you feel sick the entire time, it could be a reflection of what you had for dinner. If you've got a cross-country race the next morning, I don't think the cheeseburger fries and the shake are going to be your best bet for fueling and for feeling fabulous for a 5k, right? So pre-race dinner is something you need to start practicing now. And I tell all my clients, a lot of my triathlete clients, you practice your pre-race dinner at least once a week, and it is usually going to be before your biggest workout. So for my triathletes, they usually have a brick, their biggest brick workout, and a brick means it's a, a bike ride with a short run afterwards. And they usually do those on Saturdays or Sundays. So if your brick or your biggest run tends to be on Saturdays, uh, or if you have your, you know, your main soccer games on Saturdays, whatever that main day is with your biggest workout, I want you to practice that pre-race dinner the night before. So that would be a Friday night if you have your Saturday morning workout. Start practicing now. Do you need to carb load? Well, if you're a marathoner, then we have to start talking about that. But honestly, a lot of the research is showing that like all this carb loading and what people are doing to themselves the night before a race is above and beyond what anybody needs and can truly absorb and use for the next day. So for my high schoolers in cross country right now, you guys run a 5K. There's no need to carb load. But having pasta the night before would be great. So you do need some carbohydrates. But you also want some protein with that, a little bit of fat, not too much. Again, because we don't want those stomachs to have any, you know, grease and grime that, that's going to upset the stomach that night or the next morning. You don't want to have a meal full of fiber. It's not your fiber night the night before your race or your big workout. You don't want to have a bowel movement issue the next morning. You want to have enough fiber that you can have a bowel movement 
That's important, but you don't want to have any issues on the course, right? Or during the game. So I wouldn't sort of have a really super high fiber, high vegetable meal the night before that race or that training. So I would have some broccoli, but I probably wouldn't have like a pasta primavera that was full of all kinds of different vegetables. I need you to practice it weekly. Um, Some ideas, some things that I eat before races and my son eats, we usually go with the pasta with chicken and a little bit of broccoli. I have a lot of athletes who like to have a small steak with sweet potatoes. That's fantastic. Sweet potatoes are a fantastic healthy carbohydrate to have um, any day, really, but they that definitely is going to help you before that race. So you've got to figure out what's good for you, and you got to start practicing that pre-race meal now. My son has his pre-race meal every week, pretty much, that he has any kind of big run or a race because he, he knows exactly what he wants to eat now before every race. So really important to practice that. What about fuel for long, long runs? So mostly for my mostly for my runners, and I don't know with the soccer players, and I know I'm talking about soccer a lot because they tend to have the, the highest running besides my runners. There's also the football players. I shouldn't leave the football players out, volleyball players out as well. Um, if you are playing any of those sports and you have a very long training day, you know, definitely those football players, man, they have two-a-days. But anything long, and I'm talking over an hour of complete exercise, you need to be fueling that during the training or during a race if it's over one hour as well. So what does that mean? Well, some of the high school runners are running up to 10 miles. Not the new runner. The freshman generally will not be anywhere near that. But as you get to be a senior, a junior, a senior, you're going to be running those longer uh, distances. And I do recommend that you be taking in a sport drink during that run and potentially some type of fuel like a goo pack, uh, spelled G-U. Um, you need some calories. You're burning a lot of calories out there. The soccer players and the football players, if you're out there for a couple hours and then you've got a couple hours to go, if you're not going to eat some kind of food at a break, then you need some kind of fuel. And all of you definitely need a sport drink. We're going to talk about hydration in an, in the next episode, in the next podcast episode, I'm going to do hydration for athletes. But you need something for sure that's going to have calories in it and also some sodium because of all the sweating. Now, if you need a fuel, you got to practice it. It's just like everything else. Goo can be very hard on some people's stomach. It's not hard on my stomach. I could take any flavor. I've never had a problem. Knock on wood. (laughs) Um, You can also take half a pack of goo at a time. Instead of taking the whole goo, I take half a pouch at two miles, the next half a pouch at the next two miles, and that really keeps my uh, calories and my sugar regulated. Instead of taking one pack every hour, it's like this slam of calories, and then I have nothing for an hour, and then a slam of calories, and then nothing. I like to split that up and keep everything level. That has really been a game changer for me with my long distance running. But that again is something up to you. You have to practice it. You could also get sport beans. Those are special jelly beans. They are not regular jelly beans. They're called sport beans. You can look on Amazon. You can get them at most bike stores, triathlon stores, running stores. Um, Dick's Sporting Good might even have the sport beans. Cliff Bar makes something called Cliff Blocks. Some pe- My husband loves the Cliff Blocks. He's not a goo person. He prefers the blocks. Again, 
I don't care what you use as long as it doesn't have any bad chemicals in it. So you're gonna take that list that I said to you, there's gonna be no artificial anything, there's no dye in it, there's no aspartame or sucralose. As long as it doesn't have any of those things in it, then it's a go, but you have to practice it. and Make sure it works in your stomach. And the first time you practice it, don't use all of it. Try a little bit at a time, okay? It's really gonna make a big difference, but it is something you have to train your stomach to be able to do. Hydration, as I just said, it's absolutely key for all of our athletes. We have a lot of teenagers right now who are training in the summer heat. I happen to live in Austin, Texas. These poor kids are dying out there. It is so hot, it is so humid. If you have the luxury of living where I used to live in San Diego, not so much a problem. 75 year round must be nice, right? But truly any athlete, any age needs to stay hydrated. They generally say if it's a one hour workout and it's not that hot, all you need is water. But if it is super hot, you're a heavy sweater, then within that hour, you probably need something with some electrolytes. Anything over hour, you absolutely need something with electrolytes. Even the morning before that race starts, you need to start drinking electrolytes. You wanna sip on a water that has electrolytes in it. Uh, what am I talking about right now by electrolytes? Things like Gatorade Endurance, not the Gatorade you buy at 7-Eleven, not the blue Gatorade in the bottle, because sadly, Gatorade finally created something. It's their new Gatorade Endurance. You have to buy it online and they finally created a program, a, a product that does not have dye or artificial sweeteners. And I'm so proud of them for doing that. I'm like so ecstatic because that's what they serve at the majority of the races that I do. Most marathons and Ironman events, they have Gatorade, but now they're serving Gatorade Endurance and it doesn't have all the bad stuff in it. But Gatorade, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> You need to take this out of all the products, especially the ones our kids are drinking all the time, which is the blue bottle of Gatorade that they're picking up, like I said, at your market or the 7-Eleven. Those still have dye in it and a lot of artificial sweeteners in some of them. So you gotta read the label. I like the new Gatorade Endurance. I think it's a great pick for the teenagers or any adult athlete. Uh, another one that I really like is called Fluid Performance. You have to also buy that online. It does not have any of the bad chemicals in it. It's another great electrolyte. If you absolutely hate these products and you just cannot stomach them, you might just buy salt pills. You can buy something called a salt tab. You can buy it online or you can go to one of your running stores. They'll probably know what you're talking about. And it might just be enough to pop a salt pill every hour. But in general, much easier to have a sport drink that is healthy, chemical-free, and you can sip on it throughout your workout. Potentially, um, none, of, none of the teenagers are, you don't need to fuel during a race. You're not racing long enough. You don't have to worry about that. But if you wanna take some fuel before your race, so my cross-country kids right now, they take, they're running a 5K, like 35 to 40 minutes before your race, you could take a goo to make sure that your body is fueled and ready. Cause you might've had breakfast two hours, two and a half hours, three hours before the, you actually get to the line, right? Before you get to the start line. Same with my soccer players, my football players. Hopefully you ate a meal, might've just been breakfast, might've been a small breakfast, but it might've been two, two hours ago before your game starts. And now 
you're starting to feel a little hungry again, or, or you're probably nervous so you don't even realize it, but it's time again to start fueling with something. So you might take a goo, you might take some sport beans, but do not do this, please. Don't do it at the start line. Don't do it right when they're calling you out for your game because it's not enough time to digest and you will likely throw up. So you don't want that. Just has to be done 35 to 40 minutes before. Let the calories digest, let them get in you, and then you're golden. Um, you'll be fueled and ready for your race or your game. Okay, that's pretty much everything on how to fuel the athlete, right? So we talked about eating your three meals, eating your snacks. What are you gonna eat before the training or the race or the game? What are you gonna eat during a long training or a long race? You're gonna fuel with something, you're gonna hydrate with something. What are you gonna, what are you gonna eat after? We talked about your recovery options. Even after the race, after the game, you need to get that 20 grams of protein in, right? You just worked your booty off in that game or that race and now you wanna recover because probably in a couple days, you have another training, so we wanna replenish all of that. Now, a lot of people do ask me about supplements. Uh, I get this email from a lot of football player moms. They say, my child wants to supplement with A, B, and C. Their coach is recommending. I would be very careful, coaches, of what you recommend to a teenager to take in because a lot of these supplements have a lot of bad stuff in them. So I actually did a supplement podcast as well. And if you wanna check that out so that you understand why I am so against the supplements, um, check out that podcast episode again. Just go to earnthatbody.com, scroll down in the podcast menu section and you'll be able to find all of the different podcast episodes that I have done. And like I said, one of them is specific, number 86. I'm looking it up for you. Number 86 is on supplements. And this is something you should know for yourself or your teenager. If they want to take in a supplement, listen to number 86. I don't recommend it. And if the football player coaches are telling your kids to take this supplement because they need your kid to get bigger, they need them to get stronger. They need them to, you know, I know nothing about football. <laughs> so I can't even pretend to say, you know, is it a lineman who's supposed to be really big? I don't know. But if they're telling you your kid needs to take this supplement so that they get bigger, guess what? There is no supplement that is going to make your teenage boy bigger. You want to know why? Because they need testosterone. They need to go through puberty fully. They need to develop until they're a man to have their maximum testosterone potential. And that is when they're going to grow taller and they're going to fill out. But they're not going to take a supplement that's going to make that difference. I'm going to tell you right now, if you need your football player or any athlete, even my adults, if you're trying to get bigger and I'm assuming when we say bigger we're not we're not saying gaining fat you want to get big and fill out with muscle that's what I'm assuming you need to make sure you're taking in enough healthy calories because if you're not getting in enough calories you actually cannot put on more muscle your body needs calories to put on muscle so something to think about but but don't go to a supplement because there is no magic supplement out there there is no magic pill out there and if it's for your teenager i would tell you never never put anything in their body because we don't know exactly what is in it so i would avoid all supplements at all costs and that's everything about how you need to fuel as an athlete whether you're the teenager or the adult athlete, these are all things that you have to put into play. Your overall nutrition is gonna make or break you as an athlete. 
I think if you're good at what you do, but you know you have really poor nutrition and you've never hydrated properly and you've never fueled properly, making some of these changes could be a game changer for you or your child. If you have a child who's a pretty good soccer player, but they're kind of fatigued by the end and then they make these nutritional changes, they may be amazing by the end of this season. So don't knock nutrition. Like nutrition might be more important in many respects than some of the training because it is the fuel that will get them through and really take them to the next level. I do hope you enjoyed the the episode today. I'm so glad that there are so many parents out there who want this information Um, and adults, of course. But like I said, this podcast episode did get fired up because I did this speech for the cross-country team at Lake Travis in Austin. And all the parents then of a lot of my clients from all over the country said, I need this information for my teenager too. And so I think it's fantastic that you're so involved. For the teenagers who are listening, guess what? For one, you're at an age now where you can help your parents cook. So my son, he cooks some meals sometimes, not always, but he has started cooking. Uh, It's important as the parent to start teaching your child how to cook because if they don't know how, what's going to happen when they do leave your house and go to college? Teach them how to cook and how to cook healthy. And if you are a teenager who's listening to this on your own and your parents are maybe not the healthiest eaters, it's okay, but you are at an age where you can start educating your parents too and saying, hey, I listened to this lady, Kim Eagle. She's a, you know, she's certified in fitness nutrition. She works with a lot of athletes and she says I should do A, B, and C. Can you help me do that? Can you help me get the right breakfast and can you help me get the right pre-race dinner? You know, this is important to me. As a teenager, you got to start taking responsibility for that. Even your hydration, your fuel, I'm teaching you what to look for on the labels. You're old enough to understand and what to look for. So educate your parents and ask them to help you in this process. And parents, if your teenager's not listening, you might have them listen to this episode or you start educating and letting them know what to look for. Start reading the labels with them. Make it a joint activity for now. Do it together so that you know they know. What is yes and what is no? And that way when they do leave the house and they're at practice alone or they go to college, you know you've done everything you can to educate them, to make them the best athlete possible. If you have any questions, please check out my website, earnthatbody.com. As I said, you can get all of the Eagle or Kim protein shake recipes that are real food only on the website, right on the homepage. If you ever have any questions, I'm happy to help you. Kim at earnthatbody.com. If this did help you. If you liked this episode, a way that you can thank me, go to iTunes, go to the Earn That Body podcast. Please give me a rating and review. That is the best way to always say thank you for a podcast episode because it does help me in the ratings and rankings so that I can reach as many people as possible with the best health, fitness, and nutrition information. All right, everybody. Next week, we're doing hydration. Hydration in full. So we're going to go into a lot more depth about what an athlete or an active person needs in terms of hydration. And let me tell you, it's more than just water. And yes, it will pertain to the teenagers too. Have a great week, everyone. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.